Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Single Moms podcast. I'm your host, Khalifa. Today we have a magnificent lady. Her name is Helen Thorne. She is a Sunday Times bestseller, guys. Can you believe that? Um, her book, um, Get Divorced and Be Happy, um, is amazing. And I'm actually in the book as well, guys. So yeah, Helen is um, a comedian. She's part of a comedy duo scummy mummies and helen um ellie sorry gibson is also the partner <laughs> so please tell the audience a bit about yourself about scummy mummies about your book about how gorgeous you are guys <laughs> and that is a as well. oh my god so thank you very much so yes my name is helen thorne i am a comedian and podcaster and accidental sunday times best-selling author <laughs> Um, I have been a comedian for many years, but I met Ellie Gibson about eight years ago and we formed the Scummy Mummies and we do comedy shows around the UK and have a podcast called Scummy Mummies. And we were sort of part of that first wave of honest parenting. And at the time I was married with two children when we started and, you know, it was that juggle of trying to launch a new career and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, in March last year, um, I found out my husband had been having an affair for four years and we'd been together for nearly 22 years. So my whole world collapsed just before the pandemic. And I know Khalifa, we've spoken about this and you, you um, have put some brilliant quotes in my book. And um, yeah, so I went from being sort of identified as a married woman with two children to a single parent. And I just realized I had this platform like Scummy Mummies at the moment's got up over 160,000 Instagram followers. And I sort of just made the decision that I wanted to speak really openly about being a single mum, because I know you, you've got a really beautiful, strong voice and there's lots of voices out there, but I just thought, actually, um, there's not many um, uh, influencers talking about single parenting and, and it's still very much, oh, my husband this or my husband that or my partner, depending on what preferences you have but um I think I think I what I found was that I got so many positive um messages from people saying thank you for um talking about um being a single parent in a positive way because I think there's so many there's still so much stigma and negative sort of uh, words surrounding being a single parent um and I and and it was something that I you know I speak really openly about in get divorced be happy so I was a bit afraid of it I just thought oh I can't do it you know, I, I saw my single friends working so hard and I thought, oh my God, that's, you know, how can I, how can I cope with working and doing all that sort of stuff? Um, and then when I became a single mum, I was like, this is fucking awesome. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I love being a single parent so much. It feels like a gift and I've got, you know, a better relationship with my children I love my time uh, with them and I just feel like I'm the boss of my world now in a way that I never felt before and everything was sort of compromised or contradicted or, or whatever so yeah and then yeah and then last year I think it was around September October time so similar time to this um, one of the editors at Penguin said we really like how you're talking about being a single um, woman and a single parent would you like to write a book and I was like yeah, what, 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 thought of that but yeah great 
and I was still very much in it. I hadn't been like officially, you know, divorced, divorced yet. So I was writing. So the book is really about the first year of separation mm-hmm. and how my friends sort of held me together. My family um, supported me, but um, just about, you know, even though you may not choose to be a single mum, it might be the best thing that ever happens to you and how, how wonderful it is to get this, you know, blank, blank page or blank canvas or whatever. And you can create this new life. And that's what I've just thought is just the best thing that's, yeah, I just adore it. And, you know, there are days where the piles of recycling are really high and the washing's really high and, and you just think, fuck, I'm going to be up to 1am because I've got to do that email and everyone's clothes stink. I've got to make sure there's enough, you know, food for tomorrow's sandwiches and things like that. And, you know, it does feel a bit much, but when you complete all those tasks, God, you feel like fucking Wonder Woman. So I think there's there's so much to be said about that. And um, yeah, and I won't shut up about it. I want to tell everyone about how fantastic it is. Uh, do you not feel, because I oftentimes get DMs from, because obviously my, my podcast is called the Happy Single Moms Podcast. I get a lot of like married women that really mm. want to get divorced, that are fishing around, like to find out how is the single mother life actually like. But I, I when I do speak to women, I do find that it's the label of single motherhood and the stigma surrounding single motherhood that kind of, makes women not want to jump that that line and get a divorce and even that title divorced or we're having to tick that on an application a lot of women are actually not happy they're in empty shell relationships and it's just the fact that they don't want that stigma so how did you find like you know just saying do you know what f this i'm actually picking me because our kids are going to grow and go you know that's their that's our jobs as parents and make them grow and go (laughs) so then you're really belong to us we are we are the caretakers yeah Yeah. and divorce rates have actually gone high in the pandemic because i feel like people have had to kind of look at themselves like Mm. okay you can't have your job you can't go to the pub you can't go to your mate's house we are actually in this relationship together and it's like a mirror. So why do you think that like, number one, women don't want to have that stigma. Um, mm. And number two, why do you think the divorce rates have gone high in the pandemic? Yeah, I think, you know, that first question you said is so, it's is so loaded from, from what we have been taught as young girls about getting the man as the prize, yeah. you know, and marriage is a success. Marriage means you're wanted. Marriage means you're, one half of a of a team kind of thing and that is you know and that that makes other people feel comfortable not not necessarily yourself but you think oh well I'm a married couple and that makes the world happy mm. and 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 so few women have have that um opportunity to go but what do I really want mm. you know I know that I have to be the wife I know I have to be the mother I have to be the provider I have to smooth everything over and make everyone else um feel better and I think that's really scary when you when you realize it's not actually what you want and, and the Disney movies have lied, you know, it's not happily every after, you know, it's not. And also people change and, and, you know, the, the woman or man that you married won't necessarily be the same person in 10 years as I found out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the average age for people getting divorced is I think 42 for women and 44 for men, which is exactly how old basically I was when, when my marriage ended. And I think there's no shame in leaving a marriage that's not working because do you really want to do you really want to spend another 10 years just so you're waiting to the kids have gone to be miserable? No. And I think that's what I found really amazing. It's like I, I similarly get so many messages from women going, oh, I'm worried about the kids. I'm worried about the kids. And it's like, no, no, 
um, happy children have happy mums. You know, like yes. it's really important. And you have to show them about boundaries. You have to show them about, you know, would you be, and this is this is in my book, would you be happy for your son to treat another woman like that or another man? Or would you be happy for your daughter to be treated the way you're being treated? And take it back that way. And you're modeling that behavior for them. Yeah. In saying it's okay that dad shouts at me or that, you know, you're not, you're not, there's no love left in the relationship. So, but also I think people are scared to give up yeah. their comforts as well, that they they can put up with misery going, oh, well, I'm in a loveless relationship. I, I suspect he's having an affair, but I've got a bigger house and I don't have to change anything. And it all seems too hard. Like the admin of divorce, I think that's what people are really scared about. It's like, oh God, I have to sell the house or I can't afford this. But yeah, so many women I've talked to who are on the other side, like we're on the other side, go, I'd rather live in a two bedroom flat with pink walls and you know and live all with my photos on the wall like that, yeah. yeah and have total freedom mm -hmm. and I just don't think people realize when they've been in a in a drip drip toxic kind of you know it doesn't have to be like the worst relationship you just have to be happy and feel like that you can be yourself so yeah I think I think so many women are afraid of that and I know I was and that's why I wanted to talk about that in the book going but do you not, I just I held like, on to the relationship so hard, just hoping it would get better, yeah. and, it, and, and it didn't. <laughs> but do you not also feel like finances play a part? Because I know a lot of women, they don't handle the finances, you know, yeah. and um, yeah, like you get into a relationship and your partner says, I'm going to look after you, I'm going to take care of you, and they're not doing, they're not playing their part, and you're yeah. like, how can I juggle all these balls and try and get a divorce? How can I do this? You mm. know, so... Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing. And I have to say, um, I was fortunate because, um, uh, you know, I earn just enough to keep me kind of going as a, as a podcaster and a comedian. Um, but I know that's a huge barrier. And I know friends who've separated, but lived in the same house with their ex-husband because, you know, they've, they've, you know, she's sleeping on the floor in the kid's bedroom and or they swap or another friend for 18 months slept on the couch uh and you know finances is a really big really big barrier but in the end they did move out and it was the right thing and they knew that the relationship was over as well so um yeah you know it's sort of about well you're making a compromise in happiness in this house or you make a compromise in financial like you know but ultimately it's about how free you're going to feel isn't it at the end of the day yeah. it's really but it is really really hard and you know support for single parents is still pretty minimal as well yeah uh, financial government support as so you know especially because we've got the fucking tories in charge and <laughs> yes. they're not really big fans of single mothers oh um, my God. but i it's, it's funny because you know i've had you know good chats about this term single mother and how it's sort of demonized and how people have this image of you know um yeah, a young mother or a sad mother or yes. someone to feel sorry for when when you know, they're all fucking warriors. Yeah. They're all fucking, you know, depending on whether they're, you know, it doesn't matter if they're 100% having the children or not or whatever. And um, yeah. a lot of married women are actually single mothers. I remember with my son, I was complaining to my auntie and I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm doing this all by myself. I can't believe it. She said, do you know, um, my husband's never changed a nappy. You know, he, and I was like, what? She was like, he never used to take the kids out until they were, they were toddlers. She was mm. like, I've been a single mum. I've just got a ring on. So a lot of women, you're actually a single parent, but you've mm. just got an extra body in your bed. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so many decisions. women. 
Yeah, exactly. And so many women, when I've done posts about like, oh God, I've got to, you know, do the washing, unpack the shopping, blah, 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 blah. And some women were like, yeah, well, that's what I do anyway. It's not it's just like, it's just, you know, you don't have a dickhead around. <laughs> to worry about. I must say only doing washing for three people and not four. It's just fucking bliss. I can do it all day now. Um, you know, and not having to wash his stinky shit. Like that's really lovely. I think one of the one of the things that I found really cathartic and really helped me move on was just list all the things that used to shit me about him. Wow. And like like write it down going, Oh my god, I never have to listen to his him having a cold again or you know, oh. like stuff or smell his socks or see his beard bed trimmings in the sink and like just would just you know or hear and complain about stuff or anyway like it's it's juvenile but there is some freedom in that and yeah. I, and and also like cooking dinner the way I like you know doesn't matter if the kids have pizza three nights in a row he's not going to complain um so there's all these sort of things I just went oh my god life is so good without yeah yeah and yeah, I wish more women it. felt like that like I can mm. do this and if you have the right support systems around and even if you don't you're strong enough to do this by yourself mm. yeah and I just think like Instagram and social media just have been you've really seen a massive boom in um single parents and divorce and also talking about women dating again and mm-hmm. being both mother and you know lovers and and that sort of thing and I think that's been really empowering lots of women I've talked to actually have said they're really afraid of dating again they've got issues um around self-confidence and about their body so I was like just just let those go babes once you close her off doesn't matter Um, (laughs) everyone has a lovely time oh gosh nobody's worried about your stretch marks when you're when you're when you're uh when you're at it um but yeah so I think I think I think that's that's lots there's lots of things and it's so funny when I was thinking, you know, when I was married, thinking, God, what if he has an affair? I couldn't have another relationship. I'd have to meet his parents and all that sort of stuff. And now I don't even think about that because I'm not, because I've got my kids and my house and my career that fulfill me. The way I see men is so different yeah. than I use them. But I just, I'm not looking for validation from them or I'm not looking, looking for, a, you know, a, a husband or a potential father or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just want someone to make me feel good. And that's, and that's, a real shift in how I perceive um, men and sex and dating, which has been yeah. really fun. And, and I do think we as women as well, we need to be account- held accountable because I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. When you get into a relationship, you kind of put yourself on the back burner. It's kind of like, what do you want? How can I fulfill your dreams? And how can I help the kids? And I wish we we just looked at ourselves more because I, oftentimes with married women that I, I've spoken to, they're like, when I when the kids grow older that's when I'm gonna leave and I'm and I'm like you need to live your life now if you look at this bloody pandemic yeah Yeah. it's shown us that life is bloody short so you sitting around waiting for the kids to turn 18 before you leave it's actually damaging your own mental health because he could he could leave and within um I don't know two months three months about studies say men move on quicker anyway um (laughs) he can meet oh they do yeah Yeah. he can meet someone else yeah, you yeah. can meet someone else and you're there waiting around whilst you're at your prime now when you could just be be out there and enjoying yourself responsibly, yeah. but yeah, be out there and enjoying yes. yourself. Well, this is it. And it was really funny. A friend of mine said, she did mean it in a very funny way. She's yeah. like, isn't it great your husband left you while you're still really fuckable? I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> really fuckable. <laughs> Let me like, tell you. Babe. 
Let me tell you about my most downloaded podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I um I was having a shower like I do every day, um, and I found the grey hair downstairs. Yeah. In the lady um, garden. Yes. Yep. And I was panicking because I don't actually have any grey hairs on my head. So I was like, mm. she's old. She's getting tired. She wants to retire. <laughs> again come on I put that out there like oh my god who's gonna whoop me whilst I'm going gray downstairs okay I need to like I was researching like okay what do what to do am I still like lovable my garden's going gray (laughs) so I say that to say this like um you're as beautiful as you feel yeah and um I I'm still beautiful even though I'm going gray I can't die yet (laughs) someone would still want me Mm. with my gray streaks like like storm (laughs) oh god oh my god that's so good i was gonna i was gonna ask you do you feel like divorce um affects kids oh yeah absolutely and i i'm really conscious of you know, I have written a whole book about it, but I'm really conscious of how I speak about their father in front of them and I want them to have the best relationship with their dad. Yeah. Um, and I know that's not always an option. And I know friends whose whose husbands have just fucked off and they just never returned, like or gone off with another partner and decided, no, nah, I'm just not going to see the kids. And um, no, we, we, speak, we speak about it all the time. And we did a thing called family mediation. Okay. Uh, and you, the kids both saw um, a family mediator and told them about what they want in the, in the sort of family unit that we have now. Yeah. And then me and my ex sat down and we were fed back the recommendations from the children yeah. and how we can work together. And so it gave the children some agency about what they wanted, how many days a week they want with me, how many days a week they want with their dad. They're 10 and 13, nearly 13. So that you know, that's a bit older than like, say, a four-year-old saying, no, I only want it, I only want this or whatever. But um, but I, I try and find ways in which they feel like they have a little bit of control because divorce was such a shock to all of us that it felt like their world was changed without any, mm-hmm. you know, without any warning. And that's really yeah. confronting. And so my kids became divorced kids and go, went into the pandemic at exactly the same time. So two massive life changes. And that was pretty hard. But um, yeah, I just find as long as we can have open conversations all the time. And I remember my son about three or four months into it, he's like, all right, stop being silly. We're getting back together again. Come on. You know, and 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 that was hard to sort of say, no, baby, this is this is our new life now. And we're a family of three here, and you're a family of three with daddy in another house. And you're very loved, but it's just a different way. And you know, they do they do have days where they just don't want to have two houses and I can get that. That's yeah. really hard and, and I just have to listen. But um but you know that's that's just how life is and they're and try to make life as fair and happy as I can here, but with within barren boundaries. And I think when I first became divorced, I was like, you can eat whatever you like and we can stay up. We're just gonna be happy, happy, happy. But you know, there comes a point where you need some boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I spoilt them a lot, but you know, I think I was sort of making up, you know, I was trying to make everything too happy, I think. Yeah. And I think it's okay to be sad. And that's that's really important to have those, you know, and they're allowed to be cross. They're allowed to be pissed off that their life's changes as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's just about having open communications and them to have the freedom to feel those feelings without feeling mm-hmm. like they're wrong or whatever. So, yeah. This isn't on the list of the questions I um, I have for you, but it's just popped into my mind. So 
the position you're in now in regards to like the podcast, the book, the marathon, by the way, guys, you ran a marathon. Oh, I don't like to mention it. No, just ran a casual yeah. 42 kilometers, 26 miles. Yep. <laughs> Do you feel like um, your ex, because I feel like men always kind of like come back when they see that you have, I don't know, leveled up or you're glowing and you're happy. Do you feel like he kind of regrets it? Like just the, <laughs> I know it's such a weird question, <laughs> but I just find that like my son, yeah he acts now so he's in he's been in a couple of things and my um my ex called me after my son had like a like a, a deal or whatever but I was like you didn't call any other time but now why now you know mm. and I feel like a lot of men kind of think oh my god look so she can actually achieve a b and c without me yeah do you get lying. what I'm trying to say yeah absolutely <laughs> it's I mean he hasn't said anything, but yeah. it's interesting the comments underneath um, on Instagram posts going, wow, you, I wonder what your ex thinks of you. yeah. <laughs> your success. And, you know, they people send nice things saying, you're looking really good. I'm like, that's really great. And I am feeling really good. And I feel like, yeah, I do feel lighter in, in, in many ways. Like yeah. I feel like such a weight has lifted and I, I just had this life I never knew existed um or, or or I thought I could have which is so exciting um but yeah he's moved on to another relationship and mm. is very serious so I you know wish them all the best but um yeah so it is it is interesting but it must you know his ex-wife has written a book uh, about divorce and but that was my role you know like I for the last eight years that's all I've done is is talk about motherhood and my experiences so um and you know if I accidentally help other women going through similar situations, then that's a really lovely thing. And I do get beautiful messages every single day um, from women saying, thank you for talking about divorce and how do I get through it? Um, so yeah, I just thought it was such a shitty thing to happen to me and for me to be able to give some joy back after yeah. having so much pain um, feels like a really positive thing. And I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud that the book has made other people feel better and, and also made people laugh. That's lovely. <laughs> no, it's been so funny. <laughs> I, remember, I think I read one section where you were talking about um, what to do in regards to vibrators. and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, is she in my room? <laughs> I'll give you a funny story. Yeah? I had to throw away my um, bullet because my son mm -hmm. found it oh yeah and yep. um yeah I'm, my, my, I don't really have a vivid imagination anyway so I'm not really good at it like I kind of was like oh, I'd rather have a human being here than zzz. <laughs> 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 noise was annoying me <laughs> noisy. they're like fucking jackhammers in all senses of the word they really give you a good pounding oh, um, barbershop <laughs> yeah <laughs> well no the magic wands are really really thumping um yeah I think that's I think that um it was important for my kind of sexual awakening to get into kind of sex toys and get into orgasms and things like that and and something I was quite shy about beforehand and I think I'm sorry that was my cat crying sorry about that um but yeah I think um yeah having that time to know about my own self-pleasure has helped in my sexual confidence um when I've gone out and had dates and things like that and I've had a variety of ages and backgrounds and that's what I've kind of liked in some way it feels like I'm getting to meet really interesting people from all sorts of backgrounds and um yeah so that's great and but some people say oh am I going to be in your your next book 
what because of the experience or like? <laughs> uh, you know because that's what I do and it's and that's I think that's the hardest bit about dating is people asking um so what do you do I'm like oh just some writing um because I don't really before I meet someone I don't really want them to see 7,000 photos of me in a gold cat suit I mean that might do something for some people but also the stuff I do on Scotty Mummies is really real and I'm like well no I want you to like me as a sexual single woman not as a because of yeah yeah and just like me for who I am um yeah but I'm some men have before we've met have cancelled the date going I don't want to be I don't want to be um the subject of your comedy (laughs) I'm like oh okay yeah oh crazy now but you found um dating peaceful and it hasn't been as bad as you thought right I mean there's there's times where I've you know may have wanted to see the guy again and he's wanted to be casual or you know there's been some ghosting which is never nice you think oh I'll see that guy again and then they just never reply to your text you're like oh okay great yeah um but but also I'm robust enough now that I kind of go well, maybe that was just a game. And, and if, he's, if he doesn't reply back, then he's just not a nice person. So why would I want to be with that person? Yeah. yeah, so, but yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've really enjoyed meeting some really interesting people like artists and architects. And, like, I now only go for people who are creative. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting like, narrowing down the... Um, yeah. No, yeah, do you know what? It's, it's, it's wonderful that you say that because I spoke to... Um, a chap not too long ago and he actually said that write down your last relationship on all the things you didn't like you know and all the things that just oh. triggered triggered you and upset mm. you and then flip the page and write down what you want I think oftentimes as women we don't really know what we want you know mm. we don't know what makes us happy or, or even our love languages you know sometimes mm. you might claim it. I remember I'll give you this story I remember I said to my ex-partner I said um it was Christmas was coming up and I'm I'm big for Christmas I love giving gifts yeah I said he said to me what do you want for Christmas I'm like do you know what get me anything but don't get me um perfume because I feel like perfume is like the most boring gift you can get anyone yeah yeah I was like get me anything you want but just don't get me perfume and lo and behold what did he get me perfume you know and I was so upset like I just started I didn't want to be like an ungrateful cow because obviously it was an expensive perfume but I started crying I was like the one thing I didn't want that's what you got me (laughs) that is what you got me and um thank god I'm out of it now what have you but you just look back and you think I'm more I like you deserve so much more when you write down that piece of on that piece of paper what it is you want in a man and how you want to be treated and I want to say something to you and I want you to listen <laughs> like yeah yeah listen to me you know because mm. I listen to you we as women we were sitting there all day listening all oh, this happened and that happened and this happened and that happened and we're like okay cool this is a solution this is a solution but when you come and tell your own stories it's like oh <laughs> give me a minute <laughs> so true oh give my me. god I'm just listening to LBC just give me a minute babe <laughs> so, oh my god yeah um, said, yeah yeah sorry there no, you go you go sorry. yeah I wanted to find out so if anyone's listening right now and they actually want to have a divorce what are the things that you think that they should put in place beforehand because you've been there you you've done that you wrote a book about it yeah I think I think there's lots of things to consider 
obviously um if you're about to, you're the one who's about to sit down and say look I've, I'm, I've, I'm out I've had enough um okay so yeah I guess first of all get your support network in in place like tell a couple of really trusted friends maybe find a, a good therapist you can talk about it because as much as you think how you're going to react to it you never know how you feel so have have you know um health and mental health well-being that sorted um get some financial advice and some legal advice which you can get for free um you know to ring a lawyer up and you yeah. don't you don't have to use a lawyer to get divorced you can do it online and there's much more sort of cheaper ways of doing it um just get some legal advice anyway and know what you're entitled to i think sometimes people just settle for 50 percent because that's what they think that they deserve but if you haven't worked for 10 years and you've had a big career break then you're entitled to much more of their pension and all sorts of things. So I think getting financial advice and legal advice before going into it um, is really good. And, and sort of a rough idea about what you want in the settlement um, is really important. Um, what else? I think, you know, I think there's no perfect way of ending it, but I think um, if you're able to sit down with your um, uh, partner, or it seems to be ex-partner and, and talk about it and have, have um have a frank conversation that's really important but be prepared that they will shut down and also maybe seek mediation or or a neutral third party um one of the things i did after i separated was once a week we did um we met with a therapist not because i wanted to get back together but because i knew i had to have a working relationship with this man even though every, every time i saw him i either wanted to vomit slap in the face or, or cry and I still find it very difficult to be around him. But through weekly therapy, I was able to communicate how I felt. And, and also I felt like I was being backed up without kind of just losing it. Um, so that was really helpful, like some some sort of mediation in which you both feel like you can be heard and most move forward. So, yeah, so that, that would be my sort of top tips. And, you know, be kind to yourself. You know, if you have a couple of weeks where you're just eating you know, chicken nuggets and drinking straight from a bottle of wine, and that's okay. It's kind of part of the process. So many people have told they tell me they took up smoking for a bit. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm. yeah. Um, you, you, you. But other people go really into health and don't eat and get really thin. Didn't happen for me. Um, but yeah, mm. so I think I think all those are things. And just you know, it does feel like the end of the world, but then it doesn't. You know, yeah. it is it is about time. And um, and also um, talk to lots of people who've been there. Like I've talked to people who were like one year ahead, five years ahead, 10 years ahead, 20 years ahead. And that's really helpful too, because it's it's not linear. It's not like, and then you'll feel happy this day and then you'll be yeah. happy forever. No, it's it's up and down and allow yourself to have those. I, I still have sad days mm -hmm. and where unexpectedly, I just feel a bit overwhelmed by the weight of the heartbreak and the, the sadness of it all really. And the betrayal and unfairness, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's okay, but it lasts a day or so. And then like going, no, I'm just gonna have a bath, drink a glass of wine and just sit in the sad for a bit. And don't, don't deny yourself feelings and don't deny yourself anger. Mm. One of the biggest lessons I learned. So I'm like, everything's fine, everything's fine. I'm gonna be okay. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> happy. Uh, but no, it's, I was fucking furious and I had to learn how to be furious. And that was one of those things I needed to do. Mm -hmm. but yeah. But it is all in my book. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. so many top tips and expert <laughs> advice. <laughs> so um, I wanted to go on to Scummy Mummies now, just ask a brief question because you are a comedian. So how, mm -hmm. have you, um, how has comedy helped you deal with heartbreak? Because how do you find a funny side? 
<laughs> oh my god it's great and you know i have to give full credit to ellie gibson who is you know one of the one of the greatest human beings in the world and she got me through um that and she was really funny like i even remember um the day i told her about my husband's affair i showed her the love letter that from the other woman and she's like oh the spelling's atrocious oh who would write this shit and and we were laughing and like and it was so horrible i was like she's like oh she spelled that word wrong oh my god what an idiot oh my god so there were there's so much sort of because it's so ridiculous I think you know having a good sense of humor was really good I just think it's a secret weapon and I think just don't take it too seriously and and also I think I think having a sense of humor really um is about just flipping things you know like you know everything's on the floor or something's mess or your ex is being a cunt and he's like one of my one of the phrases my friend said that the great thing Helen is that every morning you get to wake up as you and he has to wake up as him and it made me laugh and laugh and laugh I was like that's right I know I'm loved I know that um I'm awesome <laughs> he's like you know that guy's gonna be like that forever and I was like yes he is um so that made me laugh a lot so that was good so I think having a few mantras and phrases are good and someone else said you're not a single parent you're a double parent I was like fucking yeah. yes I am yeah. so I think some I think sometimes having those little mantras yeah. and, and praising yourself that makes me laugh I'm like well done Helen I'm like I'll say that really loudly <laughs> and you feel a bit insane but it's okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. oftentimes I say to um to myself I'm like um he was never the prize you were <laughs> you know absolutely yeah. he was my friend Tanya like that you're the prize you're the prize <laughs> so, Helen where can people find you on social media they can find me at scummy mummies and uh on Facebook Twitter and Instagram mm -hmm. and I have my own account called Helen wears a size 18 which I do fashion things and stuff about single parents and we have a podcast called scummy mummies and we're doing a big live show in London on the 8th of December at the Clapham Grand Khalifa, if you'd like to come, I'll give you some tickets. Oh um, my God, I'm definitely going to be there. Definitely. Oh my God, the clap and grand. Yes, please. Uh, so yeah, but we're doing, because um, I know you've got listeners all around the place. We've got gigs up and down the country. So come and see us. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. But Helen, thank you so much for taking out the time. And you've been magnificent. Oh, you are the most loveliest person. Thank oh. you so much. And thank you for contributing to my book. No worries. Okay. Thank you. Anytime. All right. I'll see you on the show. I'm going to be there, girl. <laughs> Take awesome. care. All right. Bye, darling. Bye-bye.